It's beginning to sound a lot like fighting. Must be our Christmas episode. Sinclair's humbugs the ten out of ten. Helen's inner feelings again. And I've dashed off to pee in the snow. I gotta go. It's the time of year for celebration. Ooh. Hearts warmed by movie nights. Tales of romance and jubilee. Said in towns just so wintry. I'm swooning at the twinkling Christmas lights. Yeah. Gurger, humbug, <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> it's so commercial crap. <laughs> So pour yourself a rum nog for that capitalism fog and take a seat on creepy Santa's lap. <laughs> we hope you love our sixth annual Christmas special filled with delight and joy and cheer. Humbug! <laughs> for you, we've got some fun films to see with Santa and Lohan and Miss Piggy. But where the hell are Mariah's golden glow? In a recap. In a recap. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome, listeners, to our sixth annual. Okay, can you all believe it? Our sixth annual. No. Wow. Talk movie to me Christmas special episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For six years now, we have been bringing y'all this festive celebration. We have, as is our want and tradition, been drunk during this recording. Yes. And Prerequisite. <laughs> it's the it's only way allowed. to get through it. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way to get through it. And we are celebrating all that is, you know, this f- very festive time of year. Um, mm-hmm. So as per usual, we have chosen three famous Christmas movies and we have watched them all. And we shall be talking about these movies with y'all. So we'll go through them in chronological order and start with the first. Our first Christmas film this year is the original Miracle on 34th Street, written Mm -hmm. and directed by George Seaton, which came out in 1947. It stars Maureen O'Hara as Doris, John Payne as Fred, Natalie Wood as Susan, and Edmund Gwen as the big guy Mm -hmm. in the suit. Santa. Um, Okay. It's Thanksgiving Day in New York City, which means all eyes will be on Macy's Parade. Unfortunately, the Santa who's meant to wave down at all the little kitties on the sidewalk has had one too many romnogs, and Doris Walker is scrambling to find a replacement. As luck would have it, a jolly old man with real whiskers and no need for padding happens to be walking by and steps in. The friendly stranger is a hit and is immediately hired for the holiday season at Macy's. He'll listen to what the children want for Christmas and steer them towards whatever is available in the toy section. At least, that's what he's supposed to do. This Santa is no regular mall Santa. He's the real deal. Mm -hmm. And all he cares about is making sure the children get what they want, even if that means sending them to a competing store. At first, the higher-ups are furious. But when the public praises the store's benevolence, Mr. Macy starts whistling a different tune. It seems Santa has won over everyone. Well, almost everyone. Doris's young daughter Susan has no time for nonsense and knows that Santa isn't real. (laughs) Or is he? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who had seen this before, if any of us? So I had seen this before okay. as a child. And I honestly didn't remember having seen it before. I remember seeing the one from the 90s. Yes. Um, also then when I was kind of watching it, I was like, wait, what? Natalie Wood? I had no I idea know. that she was I in know. this. Me neither. No yeah. idea. Yeah. 
Little baby Natalie. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. and she's so good. In this. She's really of course good. she became a star. Um, yeah. I don't remember when I had seen this before. Mm-hmm. That I had seen this before. What about you, Sinclair? No, uh, too holly and jolly uh, for me. <laughs> this is not one that I really tried to watch. <laughs> Though I do feel like I may have seen the 90s one because I did like the actress that played Matilda. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Wilson. some point, but yeah, this one not a Christmas staple mm. for me at all. No. Mm-hmm. no. How about you, Helen? I had never seen the original, but I grew up watching the '90s version. Like that was actually quite a, Seminal. I think, formative film for me. Mm-hmm. It was. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Christmas movies set in New York City, I think, right. really influenced my love for New York City and my skewed idea of what the city was like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Park Avenue. Everything's beautiful. I and mean, like Christmas movies will do that. Uh-huh. Skew your reality. That's for sure. Yeah. But hey, it's Christmas. I'm here to switch here. She's a mean one. <laughs> Sinclair Grinch. But no, so I'd never seen the original and I really, really loved the 90s one growing up, like big time. So... I was very interested to see the original, and I have to say, I really, really loved it. Me too. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Yeah, it's great. It's it's like it's, genuinely like a good movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think so too. And I like that there's some ambiguity. I like that yeah. it's like, okay, we're not tr- the film's not trying to be like he's actually Santa Claus. Right. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also love that it was determined, like, the way that they proved it through the court trial. Like, it was yes. such a weird kind of adult take on this film. I loved this weird dynamic between Maureen O'Hara, who's one of the most, like, breathtakingly beautiful yes. women I've mm-hmm. ever seen on, on screen, mm-hmm. and her daughter. And they're so, you know, it was there was so much of this to love. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Christmas movies have evolved, <laughs> and changed Mm -hmm. since we started making movies this original movie was nominated for four oscars Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it was nominated for best picture it won best writing uh best writing original story i guess at the time they had a differentiation for that and it also won best actor for um edmund gwen who plays chris kringle in this um but that's what i mean when i say like it's an actually good movie like it's not a pumped out formulaic Christmas movie. Like it's a well-made film with like a cohesive plot that mm-hmm. makes sense and is really heartwarming. And with something to say. Yeah. Yeah. Sinclair, how do you feel about Miracle on 34th Street? Well, when this movie starts off, mm-hmm. there is a parade, which is my actual nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and apparently, yes, parades to me are inconveniences. So I, I generally don't love parades. Um, Joy, what an inconvenience! Too much joy. But also, I guess this was shot in an actual parade. It was shot in the Macy's. Feels like it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, It actually was shot in in that on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know. 
watching this did give me a little bit of anxiety because I do try to avoid all of these things at yeah. Christmas. I avoid parades. I avoid department stores. Yeah. I stay clear of Christmas markets. Like these are things that I just don't <laughs> immerse myself in. Yeah. Oh my so, God. What a world it would be if you change that. Oh, you know what? I'm. It's a peaceful world. Let's um, bring, no, let's bring Mrs. Grinch down to Whoville and yeah. do a little dance and take you to those Christmas markets, honey. <sighs> no, thank you. But... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny because this character of Doris at the beginning, mm-hmm. I kind of attached myself to yeah. a little bit because she is very much she's skeptic. Yeah. She's cynical. She's pragmatic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Doris, you are who I'm attaching myself to. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, a mother was telling her daughter to not believe in these fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And it also felt a little bit progressive. I agree. 100%. As well, I was like, Doris, like you yeah. are a progressive character in this, you know, old timey film. And this movie is more progressive than the 90s remake. And oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And, and not even because you can see what it translates to outside of it. It's not yeah. just about, it's not progressive to not believe in Santa Claus. But it's the like, don't believe in the fairy tale. Because life's not a fairy yes, tale. But and you're a young divorced. girl. Yeah, she's a yes, divorced exactly. single mother. Which exactly. is like not how women are portrayed in film. Yeah. At oh, this absolutely. time, really. Not at all. So she's kind of this anomaly a, yeah. a bit so I mm-hmm. love actually really really love Doris right away and I have to say when I watch these old films mm-hmm. from the 40s the style is like immaculate yeah like how mm-hmm. how women are dressed mm-hmm. and styled is like actual perfection and I the know. men too when was the last time you saw well. a man dress up like that outside yeah. of a wedding or a funeral yeah yeah but it's honestly like it looks like their hair has taken 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like the wave pattern is mm-hmm. insane and everybody's so put together. But that doesn't that didn't really take away from how progressive I found like the female character. The yeah. female lead of this film. Well, yeah, she's like she's a divorced single mother, but she's also like a working mother. That's like, yeah, high up in this in Macy's too. like mm-hmm. she's. I think an idol for women even in today's day and age, which kind of is sad to say. Yeah. Um, but religious groups had a hard time yeah. with this. They did yeah. not like it because she's divorced, heaven forbid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Well, the other yeah. thing that I found to be progressive is there is a psychologist in this movie who is like a quack. Yeah. But Chris Kringle, like he talks about having to go through psych psychiatric evaluations frequently and he always passes them but he realizes that this one psychiatrist is out to get him and um, that he's not really practicing psychology Mm -hmm. he talks about how he has such a respect for psychiatry and I feel like that's not something that is even today shared by the general public like to have that uh, point of view brought forward in this movie. Let alone like, in 1947. Yeah. yeah. Literally 75 years ago. Holy shit. That's While insane. While I was watching Chris Kringle mm-hmm. on trial, I mm-hmm. did think to myself, if any country were to have that be an actual trial, it would be mm. America. Yeah. And I just thought of the, <laughs> True. Johnny, the Johnny Depp trial and how some of these 
these cases are such circuses and they're such public circuses, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if this was an actual case in mm-hmm. America that was publicized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it would like be in Florida. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would be like a Florida man <laughs> trial. Like this made complete sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> this would the, happen. There was the one part of this that I found really like interesting, I guess. And you see this in these old films. Mm. There's this sort of innocence where, like, you know, Doris, that's Maureen O'Hara, was mm-hmm. okay with like coming home and her her yeah. housekeeper being like, "Oh yeah, I just sent your daughter, your yeah. young daughter, over with the neighbor who she hadn't even met yet. This single yeah, man. There was yeah. a trust. Yeah." Yeah. That right, John Payne is Fred Gailey, and his his whole even his approach was like, oh, I'm going to build a relationship with the daughter in order mm. to like meet the mm-hmm, mother properly mm-hmm, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so far, radically far removed from how yeah. we approach things today, right. and that made me kind of sad. Yeah, I understand why it's necessary because. Yeah. People didn't talk about abuse and shit back mm-hmm. then in the same way. And we have had, you know, 75 years of experiential data mm-hmm. to indicate that kids do get abused in this context. Yeah. But it's sad that, like, that has been lost. Mm-hmm. Right. The trust in your neighbor, the sort of that someone has the goodwill of your kid's safety and their best intentions. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of scenes in this with little <laughs> Natalie Wood and the questionable Santa Claus. Yes. Like, I must say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> too many. <laughs> and there are sure. in the remake, too, where you're like, you're going to leave like, your you child with this You're spending a lot of time with man. this questionable Santa. <laughs> yeah. It's Santa. Well. Oh, right. <laughs> is it or is it not, says the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you both watch the black and white? Yes. yes. As, as did I. There is a colorized mm-hmm. version of this. Yeah. Um, but the colorized version wasn't put out until 1985. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of a trend to kind of go back and colorize these old films. Mm-hmm. I actually did look up the colorized version right. of this, and I prefer the black and white. Hands I was going to say, like, that... I don't think I'd want to watch it in color. No. I would the... have been open to it, but it just was not available on the streaming service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is this movie trying to say about consumerism and what the true spirit of Christmas is, Edison? (laughs) Tell me about that. (laughs) I think this film has been sponsored by Macy's, and I'm okay with that. Well, it is trying to say that, like... It shouldn't be all about profit. Like, it should be about helping people to have the best Christmas experience possible like that is the whole conundrum with the fact that he starts referring people to competing stores right yeah and at first Macy's is you know appalled by that but then when they realize that like the public thinks it makes them you know very likable it's like oh of course this is our idea yeah Um, at a certain point we decided that Christmas is no longer about Jesus Christ and is about <laughs> gift giving. And right. we also then decided that inherently giving is a gesture of love and appreciation and right. thoughtfulness. And it's a special moment for kids and all of the rest of it. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're giving. It's the idea and the intention behind it. Yes. Hashtag and- Macy's. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I think that, you know, this film is obviously grounded in that. It is literally grounded in the commercialization of Christmas. Yes, and clear. It's a fucking Christmas movie <laughs> set at Macy's. So, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is, though. Like, it right. can still also be lovely. Yeah. Well, and I do love, you know, you mentioned this earlier, but like the ending and how they justify the existence of Santa Claus by all of the mail. And I was like, that's actually like a really smart plot device. (laughs) I loved it. Like it, it works so well. The 90s version is a little bit different. The 90s version definitely plays more on the belief that Santa is real. Is the actual Santa. Is the actual Santa. And instead of the male at the end, they have little Mara Wilson, who plays the Susan character, come up and give the judge a dollar bill with a circled in God we trust on it. And he looks at it and says, like, okay, if our currency can have in God we trust, like, then Santa can be real. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, I did not remember that. Yeah, and I actually had when I was a kid, I got an American one dollar bill and I circled in God be trust on it because of this movie. And oh, I, like, Helen, kept I it. love <laughs> you. Oh, um, but also don't really trust that much. No, no, no. no. and I mean, you know, our it faith can lead us into bad things. Yes, I don't of fucking course. Trust. Where's Good that? God, in no, a hell movie. no. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think that the male thing could work in the 90s because there wouldn't be this, like, overflow of Santa letters. Like, what do we do with all these letters? Yeah. You know, it, it's believable in the 40s. It's not believable in the 90s. Right. What did you think of this movie, Sinclair? Did you enjoy it? You know, I enjoyed aspects of this, mostly Doris. Um, is this going to be a favorite Christmas movie of mine? I don't think so. I feel like I was never drawn to this as a child and, 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 and now it, I, you know, it was a a one timer for me, but you know, uh, spirit of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Glowing endorsement. I really enjoyed this. I think that it makes... I understand from seeing it why it was a sort of... Why it has become a seminal Christmas film. Really, it's made me want to check out more Maureen O'Hara features. Mm, yeah. Because she was incredible. And I was honestly just like uh, like startled and aghast by her beauty. Mm. If I'm honest. Mm. I found... I was just like, how is this human just like there on screen looking like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually really enjoyed this. It was cool to watch this after having the 90s version kind of burned into my brain for so long and then be mm. like, oh, the original's like way better. And just another, just a little fun fact before we move on. Um, Macy's did not allow their name to be used in the 90s remake because they said that the original was perfect. It didn't need to be remade. Therefore, the store in the 90s version is Coles, C-O-L-E-S, and... Not the bookshop. No, not, I is, is that bookshop. a bookshop? Yeah, oh, it's Canadian. Canadian bookshop. Yeah. Oh, that's Indigo. No. Yeah. Indigo. Indigo's Indigo. chapters. No, it's separate from Indigo. No, it's all the same thing. Indigo bought chapters, bought Coles. Oh, Coles is like a really small purchased baby by brother. chapters, purchased by Indigo. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> In the spirit of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> 
Would you please tell her that you're not really Santa Claus? That there actually is no such person? Well, I'm sorry to disagree with you, Mrs. Walker, but not only is there such a person, but here I am to prove it. No, no, no. You misunderstand. I want you to tell her the truth. Uh, what's your name? Chris Kringle. I'll bet you're in the first grade. Second. I mean your real name. That is my real name. Second grade? It's a progressive school. Oh, it's a progressive school. Next up, we... <laughs> that was... No. That was like Helen level two. Yeah, cheerful. that was too cheering. Okay. <laughs> too happy. Bring too, it down. Too happy. Bring it down. Next up, we journey back to 19th century London on Christmas Eve. Much better. Much darker. <laughs> Here we meet the great novelist Charles Dickens, who will weave the classic tale of past regrets, the cruelties of the present, and the mystery of things yet to come. Charles Dickens looks a bit different than we're usually used to. He has bulging eyes, a long nose, and an eccentric disposition that can only mean one thing. He is the great Gonzo, and he's accompanied <laughs> by his friend Rizzo the Rat. That's right, this isn't your usual Christmas tale. This one is being told by Jim Henson's beloved Muppets, and the gang is all here to spread the Christmas cheer. We have Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit, Miss Piggy as his beloved wife, and who can forget Statler and Wardolph mm -hmm. as the shackled, ill-fated former business partners, Jacob and Robert Marley. And of course, there is the man himself, the humbug of all curmudgeons, the <laughs> man with steely eyes and a cold heart not even chestnuts on a roasting fire can warm. <laughs> he is Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's played mm. by the one and only Michael Caine. Scrooge is about to embark on a night he won't forget, a night that will change the course of his life and also provide a cautionary tale that has haunted us, touched our lives, and spread the merriment from then until now until next. This is mm. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So this is directed by Brian Henson, who is Jim Henson's son. Mm -hmm. Jim Henson passed away in 1990, but his work was very much continued. The Muppets have always been a really beloved part of American culture. Uh, so Brian Henson took on this project because this is one of the greatest tales. And he wanted to tell a... A different tale for the Muppets, but also mm -hmm. keep his dad's legacy and also make his mark on the film mm -hmm. industry as well. So this was his directorial debut. Uh, this was one of my favorite Christmas movies as a kid. Aw. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever seen it. Oh, no? Really? Yeah. No. Like maybe on TV, like snippets of it, but I had never watched it from start to finish. It's not one that I had watched a bunch as a child actually which surprises me considering i w i was the perfect age for it when it came yeah. out i only saw it a couple of times as a kid and then now mm -hmm. but what i was thinking first when i was watching it was the muppets hmm. are such a one-off like that is <laughs> so deeply unique 
like mm-hmm. and obviously so 70s <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like that this thing could exist that the muppets could right. exist that jim henson could create this whole world that that really became such a part of pop culture that yeah. essentially Mariah Carey built a part of her archetype off of Miss Piggy. Jennifer Coolidge built a yeah. part of her archetype off of Miss Piggy. Like this is like they've really impacted the mm. culture in America mm-hmm. in a way that's really crazy f- considering they're they're like furry Muppets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, so because, because they're Muppets that, you know, does bring into question you know what type of movie is this going to be Mm. if you're using Muppets and this is a very classic tale Mm -hmm. and it's not like it's a funny tale really it is a cautionary tale and they were originally going to do a parody but because this story is so classic Mm -hmm. and Charles Dickens writing is so beautiful they wanted to actually keep it that way so this is actually one of the most true adaptations mm. to Charles Dickens' actual story. Uh, they st- they stayed relatively close to mm-hmm. the actual story. Uh, one big difference was that they made Charles Dickens a narrator in the story. Right. Yeah. Have either of you ever actually read A Christmas Carol? God. No. Yes. When <laughs> when I was in Just grade the five. Movies. No, I have. When I was in grade five, I had this assignment haunts me to this day. I was like nine years old and we had a Christmas Carol assignment that was like so detailed and ridiculous. Like I remember being very stressed out about it. Multiple parents of students in my class called in to be like, this is too much. Unacceptable. Yeah, it was just it was too much. It was too much. So um, it was just like the themes in the book were too much or just it was you just like an it? insane amount of like questions that you had to answer and like uh, elaborate mm. on. And however, we were earlier we were singing P- Baby, Please Come Home. Mm-hmm. The year I was in grade five, the remake with Cher and Rosie O'Donnell came out. <laughs> and this was around the <laughs> time of like Napster and Live LimeWire and stuff. Yeah. And I remember downloading that song and like thinking it was the best Christmas song ever. So while I was trying to work on this Christmas Carol project on the computer in like 1999 or whatever, I was also listening to that song on repeat. So I have like quite an attachment to those things. Yes. <laughs> okay. So in answer to question, yes, I've read the Christmas Carol. Yes, but it was too much for a grade five. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> Which too it would young. be. There's a lot of very very complex. S- complex themes in this there's yeah. a lot of you know greed and mm-hmm. who do you want Fate to be, who and, do you want to be when you die you know yeah. there's a lot here i always loved this story because i find it really the most haunting and obviously pun mm. intended but mm-hmm. uh also just it, it's unnerving it it truly yeah. is and i've seen a lot of versions of this this story mm-hmm. and i think there there's have been about, about four trillion iterations yeah but i think there's story. something about doing this story with muppets that actually do make it quite accessible for kids mm-hmm. yep and i well, think especially because michael kane's character uh-huh. as scrooge just plays it so straight like it's well he said that to brian henson when he got cast he was like i'm gonna play this like i'm at the royal shakespeare company 
I'm, I'm not playing the. He's like, I'm not winking. I'm not playing along with the Muppets. Like, I'm playing this like it's. Yes. A, I'm doing it as a play. Yeah. Okay, but well, that totally that works. Yeah, yeah, it's works. perfect. It's perfect for it. It's a perfect balance. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I know. I think <laughs> that having Michael Caine, like having a real actor in this yeah. with the Muppets mm-hmm. does blend the Muppet world with the real world, which mm-hmm. is what I think these movies do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And celebrities seem to like seamlessly fit into these stories with the Muppets. Yeah. And it's a way for kids to like see these stories through these Muppets, but also still have a connection to the real world at the same yeah. time and, yeah. and still connect to these themes in a real way. Yeah, it's like it's not animation so yeah. you're not completely in that world exactly it's, it's this blending of well puppetry and real life but i think what's interesting is that p- the the actors also when they're doing this really connect mm-hmm. with the characters yeah. and it's funny because like th- so this is a musical right the songs yeah. are a huge, huge oh huge right, part. that's right it's a musical <laughs> yeah the songs are a huge part yeah. Yes. Of this film. And um, it's actually really interesting how that came together. Paul Williams mm. is the writer mm. of the these songs. And he had a huge career in the 70s as a songwriter. He wrote for Barbara Streisand, for Three oh, Dog wow. Night, for The Carpenters. He hosted an episode of The Muppet Show on TV in 1976 and describes the story of being there and interacting with Gonzo and feeling emotionally moved and mm. then clocking himself and being like, this is a m- Muppet. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of magical. I it love is, that. It is, actually. Mm-hmm. And so it connected him to Jim Henson and to this mm. thing. And he actually wrote a lot of the songs for 1979's The Muppet Movie. Mm. But then he spiraled into, like, alcohol and drug addiction in the 80s. And essentially, he says that he lost that entire decade. He wasn't working. He was just totally out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he finally went to rehab and got sober in 1990, Mm. two months before Jim Henson died. And when they were in development for this film, Brian Henson, the director, he said that he immediately thought of Paul to be the songwriter because Mm. the songs from the Muppet movie were his favorites um, but nobody really knew that Paul had gotten sober they all just thought he was still like uh, out of it essentially okay mm-hmm. huh. but Brian said to call him anyway and for Paul this was like one of the most incredible moments of his entire career oh wow because he, he was like I didn't know if I he said I didn't know if I would ever even write music again wow and I was Aww. asked to write the songs for this and it so aligned for Mm -hmm. him because he's writing about Scrooge this man who's learning to live life in a whole new way who's having Mm -hmm. this spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. and it resonated with him the redemption story of Scrooge in a way that was so real and he wrote all these songs Marley and Marley like you were just singing Sinclair and like (laughs) that's the one I remembered mostly because it's the two of course (laughs) (laughs) But also the optimistic ones, right? He's mm. in this place. Like, it feels like Christmas. Right. Like, one more sleep till Christmas. Thankful heart. All of that. Mm. Like, these songs were really good. And they are in this film in such a seamless way mm. that I lo- I just 
really this is a real magical film yeah, yeah it is well they're you know watching this again now when the ghost of christmas past comes mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. i went whoa I know that's it's creepy. Weird looking. Yeah, like that's really creepy. And like I was immediately yeah. googling it because like I was like, how did they do that? That looks uh-huh. weird. And it looks, it works, but it doesn't at the same right. time. It's mm-hmm. kind of like off. It's off-putting. Yeah. Um, but this came out right before there was this big CGI surge. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to have this effect of this Muppet floating. So what they did was they put the Muppet in a tank. And it was originally in a tank of oil, but that wasn't really working. And then it ended up being in a tank of water, which gives it this uh, effect of of floating. But it's kind of like no other Muppet in the film. Totally. I I thought that they were all really good. Like, I loved the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, he's such a Hagrid. Yeah, he is totally. such a Hagrid, this big, jolly, you know, red-bearded fella. I actually am curious if Hagrid... That's a really interesting point. Mm. I wonder if Hagrid was in some way inspired by this character. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all, mm. actually. Hmm. A lot of people up to play Scrooge. Uh, George yeah, Carlin. True. Yeah. <laughs> who's my favorite comedian of all time. I would, I would have loved to see Very that. Very cynical. But that could have made sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I think that Michael Caine ended up being just such a great mm-hmm. choice. Well, and he has the emotionality, right? Mm-hmm. He's able to do that flip and be like vulnerable and affected and uh, become sweet. Yeah. As I was watching this, I just was thinking to myself, can there be like a modern day real life version of this with Elon Musk? Like, <laughs> yeah, but like in real life, like not a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I think, why this story has spanned decades and yeah, decades it's and true. decades. Because you could take the character of Scrooge and mm-hmm. just put him in any time. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why this has been adapted so many times. You have mm-hmm. Bill Murray in the 80s yeah. in, yep. in Scrooge. Like you could you could do this at, in any decade, and it yeah. works. Well, and the the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, Spirited is basically an adapt, adaptation of this as well. Like, it just keeps coming back because it is relevant. It's just yeah. always relevant. Yeah. And it, you don't even, even for someone who's not, you know, a Scrooge-type right. character, all of us, you watch this and you think, okay, what would my ghost of the past, mm, present, and future yeah. say to me? Yeah, I feel like, like a fucking Scrooge all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and rightfully so. I would be so... <laughs> but, but without all the money. Without yeah. that money. Yeah. <laughs> Which means you're just grumpy. Yeah, just a grumpy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and like if I decided not to be grumpy I couldn't buy someone a giant ham and fucking bring yeah. it to their house and say yeah. Merry Christmas yeah <laughs> I'd be like oh I'm just not grumpy anymore I can't oh, give you anything. but you know what's declared that in itself would be enough of a Christmas movie. yeah I would give you guys a break for sure yeah. <laughs> for my ranting uh, oh yeah well Oh, can I just say one quote that actually makes me quite sad when I watch this movie? Uh, (laughs) 
It's all right, children. Life is made up of meetings and partings. That is the way of it. Mm. I'm sure that we shall never forget, Tiny Tim, or this first parting that there was among us. I will say that when we get to the Christmas future and the death of Tiny Tim and Tiny Kermit, like... It was, I couldn't with the, I was like, this is actually really sad. Like, (laughs) I can't, I couldn't think about it. It was, I didn't expect to be moved by a Muppet Christmas Carol, but that moment I was like, oh, I can't, I couldn't even watch it. I was like, no, I can't engage. Yeah, no, totally. This is it. It's a very real story. It resonates with all of us. That's, I mean, it was written 170 years ago, 180 (laughs) years ago. Wow. It, it still is there. Like. Yeah. Even with Muppets, still still yeah. touches the old ticker. Full heart with an endless joy, with a growing family, every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me. Nephew and niece to me. We'll bring love, hope, and peace to me. Love, hope, and peace to me. Yes, and every night will end, and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart. Guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Guys. Yes. Yeah. The Lohanaissance is here. It's it is. here, baby. The Lohanaissance is it's here. It's here. I'll hail She's the new back. queen of Christmas. Ooh. <laughs> Mariah is shaking. She is, and she should be because she fucked us over last year. Now yeah, she's a step of her game to save the day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I am so freaking excited to talk about this film. This is the return of one of the early 2000s brightest stars mm. who has had her light dimmed for far too long. Mm-hmm. And that is, of course, Miss Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie <laughs> is a Netflix original holiday film called Falling into Christmas. No, falling for Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> Once again, her light is being dimmed by Edison. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not editing that out, no. so good job. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I have the power. Okay. The movie is a Netflix original holiday film called Falling for Christmas, and it stars Lindsay Lohan as hotel heiress Sierra Belmont, whose engagement moment goes awry when a Mm. gust of wind blows her down the ski hill before she can accept the proposal from her fiancé, Tad, played by George Young. She is eventually found and taken to a hospital where, after being diagnosed with amnesia, and because it's so close to Christmas, and because nobody has come to try and find her, she ends (laughs) up in the care of this handsome widower and lodge owner, Jake, that's Cordover Street, and his sweet daughter and former mother-in-law. So let's get into it, because this movie, (laughs) I was so excited to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And... I it's it's really interesting because I don't even know that I was like a, I was never I never really thought of myself as a massive Lindsay Lohan fan mm. but I think there's a uh this is going to sound absurd but like I really feel like I want her to have the comeback that Whitney didn't get to have. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. 
and so I'm really rooting for her in a yeah. in a way that is probably oversized to my like affection for her and her work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I'm really rooting for her, and seeing the kind of promotion for this and seeing how beautiful she looks and how vibrant and fresh and like excited like she's very clearly very excited about this project yeah i was like oh i'm so in what did y'all think of it yeah i mean it was exactly what i thought it was going to be yes perfect yeah Um, which is (laughs) perfect which is perfect edison actually described this as a christmas masterpiece masterpiece (laughs) If okay, if Lindsay Lohan is wasn't in this movie, none of us would have watched it, and no one would be talking about it. Well, it would be a Hallmark it's movie. So like, funny it's, because, and I'm allowed to say that because I've been in them. Helen, as somebody, Helen, as somebody who is in Hallmark movies, is allowed to say that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so when Edison, you you sent this trailer, or whatever. I watched it and I was like, oh, so yeah, we're doing this for the Christmas special <laughs> yeah. because you may think like I might not love Lindsay, but I do. Mm, I yes. love Lindsay. I am here for her renaissance. I I think that all child actors who mm. have been done dirty yeah. uh, deserve a second chance. I feel sure. like that's the thing with her where it's like, she was a child actor. She clearly did not have great parents, mm-hmm. but she was very talented. Yes. And, and, and we, you can't and help we, but wish the best for her. Yeah. And yeah. it's because her, the particular films that made her a star, like The Parent Trap, mm-hmm. mean Freaky girls, Friday, Mean, mean Girls. Fr- yeah. In those films, her sort of archetype is this really lovable, yeah. charming persona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because that's that is who she is at her core. Yeah. And when people are going through shit in their personal life, mm-hmm. like she went through for all that time, it's so easy for that to get diminished. Mm-hmm. But instinctively, you're rooting for that to find the surface again. And I think that's why this film, as a fucking cheesy Netflix yeah. Christmas movie, is actually the right vehicle for her right. comeback. Because yeah. the character does that. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. not, we don't need, I don't, I did not need to see Lindsay Lohan in some Oscar bait, no. you know, I, uh, that Me type neither. of drama film. No, I needed to see her in this because I needed to be reminded of those qualities that we all fell in love with 15, 18, yeah. whatever years ago. Mm-hmm. When she was a, a little bit older and a big star, like mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Mean Girls, it was mm-hmm. like, it was a bad time for women, I feel like, yeah. in yes. the media. It was just a mean time. Paparazzi. Paparazzi and, like, and also it just, it was an awful time of, like, girls gone wild. All this yeah. really, like, horrible, all, uh, it was a, ho- there was a horrible treatment of women during this mm-hmm. time. And there was all that drama with Paris Hilton. And mm-hmm. I feel like she wasn't in the best situation. <laughs> And yeah, when this actually started, I thought it was interesting because I felt like she was playing a Paris Hilton type. Right. And yeah, also true. her boyfriend, like when Tad comes on the mm. scene, I thought, oh, that is like Carter Reum, Paris Hilton's new husband. Mm. Like I felt like it was them hmm. as a couple. Interesting. Because he is also this kind of like pretty boy entrepreneur mm. and they mm. really sell themselves as a couple 
Hmm. Um, on social media. So I thought, okay, this is really interesting because they kind of had that feud back in the day. And mm-hmm. now she's playing this character that is a Paris Hilton type, but also has a, a character switch as well. Right. That and everybody and wants like to good. see Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I watched this a couple weeks ago and then I started rewatching it again today to just refresh my memory. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they, the creators knew this would be as popular as it was. Well, people are or, rooting for Lindsay. Like, actually, I know. Like, nobody actually loves this film other than Edison. No, like, of I think not. we can, like, <laughs> we can it's not tactfully <laughs> and gracefully and nicely say this is not a good movie. No. Excuse I'm sorry, me. It's not. It, Edison, you know. It, it's, it's not. <laughs> I think that what it people is. love Stop about it. this is how great Lindsay looks. And everybody is saying yeah. that, oh, she looks amazing. She's doing well. Yeah. And that's the actual joy from this But movie. I, I, just, I just wonder if the creators anticipated it to have that because, I don't know, I look at pretty much every everything else about this movie and I'm like, if they knew that it was going to have the response it would get, they probably could have upped their game a little bit. But like, storytelling-wise, of course, yes. Storytelling-wise, but everything else. It's like <laughs> there's some awful CGI in this movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, Court Overstreet? No, not for me. Not into this person. Oh, my God. Oh, really? my God. Oh, my God. Uh... He looks like a chipmunk. I can take <gasps> that out. Helen. <laughs> he does a little bit, though. Oh my God, Helen! No, Born Overstreet was amazing. Jake, oh. Um, oh my God, no, I disagree. I'm sorry. Really? I yes, I disagree <laughs> vehemently with both of you. This film is fucking great. But here, and, Edison. No, no, no. Excuse to, me. Are you cutting me off? No, go ahead. The Christmas Thank is you. time. The time for sharing the mic. They, no. <laughs> <laughs> for allowing someone to speak. Okay. Giving and sharing. Go ahead. <laughs> this movie is good. What do you want from a fucking cheesy holiday movie? Right. Obviously, this isn't going to be an Oscar winner. Yes, they could have gone for maybe, but that's not what it was. This is not what this was for. I agree. I'll go back to what you were saying. Yeah. Helen, yes. I don't think that anybody knew this was going yeah. to be as kind of big as it has been like it was number one on netflix globally yeah and i don't think anyone expected that Lindsay was also an executive producer on this yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and was actually involved in that process Mm -hmm. and she didn't know and you can tell in all of her instagram and her interviews and everything she's also kind of humbled and shocked by the like reaction the love yeah. that's out there for her mm-hmm. yeah that's really endearing because i don't think she she's knew a great people actress. <laughs> she's a great she actress is. and everybody was yeah. like man it sucks that her life went that way because everybody likes watching her of course yeah. we're excited that she's back and she's well now we're like oh i guess we'll watch you in anything even this mm-hmm. christmas movie but this is done <laughs> really well and she has like this three picture deal with netflix yes so good for and her. Just in terms of like not to make it all about looks, but she does look really good in the sense that like I think there probably was a point where she'd done a lot of stuff to her face and I think it that's not happening so much anymore and I love it. Right. She looks like, amazing objectively from that way for sure. Yeah. 
Um, but she also looks healthy. Yeah. Like yeah. She actually does. Mm-hmm. When you see her in the interviews doing all the press rounds, when you see her in the Pepsi ads, like oh Pepsi, Pepsi and milk, and milk. together. Yeah. And like she's really having fun and you mm-hmm. can see that smile. It's like I cannot fucking wait to see what happens with Lindsay's career next. Yeah. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Well, I was laughing at the beginning of this movie because the movie opens with her like waking up. I know. And she looks so perfectly she put together. Perfect. Like her lipstick yeah. is on and everything. Yeah. And then she has this glam squad I know. come in to fix her up. I wrote that I wrote that down and I was, was like, like glam squad. Up? <laughs> you look perfect. She actually yeah. looks fine. She looks amazing. She woke up with makeup on. Yeah. Um you know, I think And her that hair is perfect. Like not perfect. not frizzy, perfectly curled. There is something inherently wrong with these movies. And right. you know what? It's tis the season. I'm not gonna get into it. I've already shat on Top Gun for all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, with Edison for I'm not gonna shit on this movie. But there is something inherently wrong, I think, with these movies. They're too perfect. They're too glossy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. too much portraying rich people having this change of heart. But at the same time, is that not a Christmas Carol, which we just talked about? Yeah, yeah, it too. is. This it's been is perpetuated also a weird iteration the years. of the Christmas yeah. Carol. Yeah. So can I it- really say anything about Falling for Christmas? I don't know. My only issue with this film. Is okay, so I I went to a cottage weekend when there were like mm-hmm. nine gays there. Yeah. And obviously this film is catnip <laughs> for the gays. Yeah. And so we were very excited to watch this. Yeah. And, you know, Tad ends up at this little cabin with Ralph. Right. And Ralph is out there ice fishing and whatever. And we're like, wait, is there a romance there? Right. Is this what's gonna happen? And it doesn't ever go there, and it doesn't develop. And so we were like, okay, that's fine. But then Tad does end up mm-hmm. going for a guy, and it's mm-hmm. randomly the, like, some some other random gay that's in the film that makes no sense Yeah, That's interesting. All. I didn't like, think to put him with the ice fishing man. But yeah, I did where, justice like... Justice for Ralph. Okay, but I did like the fact that they uh, let Tad be a bisexual character and didn't make any sort of deal about it it was just like okay but it didn't make any sense to me because the thing is is like tad had also had already developed a relationship with ralph Mm. interesting and so if there was going to be one where it did make sense Mm. there i would have seen that it would have actually humanized tad in a way to like connect with ralph Mm. versus this that's a good point assistant or whatever that would have been a really good script note yeah, I, I don't know how it got through all of the panel of <laughs> with that happening. We were all fully sho- like shocked by that. My, that's my only thing. My biggest problem with this movie is why did Santa look like an influencer? <laughs> Santa's teeth were like so white. Well, there is he was... sexy Santa. Sexy Santa at Yorkville Mall? Yeah, Helen. there's actually I, that's, sexy that's Santa. Not, that's not the real Santa. <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> Um, but okay, the, Santa, Doris. <laughs> the yeah. Santa in this movie is like looks. 
He's so good looking. It's un. It's like weird. Okay. He's tanned. His beard is too white. His teeth are so white. Like go back and look at Santa in this movie. His teeth are so white. It's weird. My gripe is this. How did <laughs> okay. they. And you guys said. You're being a Grinch. Like suspend your <laughs> disbelief. But my question is this. Like how did Jake not know that she was the heiress? Like she's like all over the internet. Obviously, her boyfriend. Because he's not on the internet. He's analog. He's anal. He's too analog. Yeah. He's too busy. He's a widower. He runs a fucking lodge that's going under. He's in the same vicinity of this huge hotel. He's there talking. He literally ran into her and dumped hot chocolate on her outfit earlier in the day. Yeah. Who she is? Like she's a famous daughter. She's a famous heiress. Yeah, or also in his also, vicinity. Yeah, but you yes. have to assume that, like, you know, that he this what? Guy... Like, he also had an accident and couldn't remember. <laughs> like, why? He's too oh, small he town. Just, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be on the internet looking up heiresses and social media influencers. He's like you, Sinclair, above that. I'm not above that. Okay, I'd be on the internet. <laughs> but I also, I also do love too how the sheriff, when she's in the hospital, is like. It's Christmas, so, you know, no one's going to be looking for you. <laughs> like, as if your child's missing, you're like, well, it's Christmas. I mean, we'll look after the holidays. Yeah. But for now, no. And, okay, but okay, also, okay. why so did he allow her to do tasks that she clearly couldn't do? Like the laundry incident with the bubbles. I was like, why would you even allow her? She couldn't even cut a cucumber. Like, why would you even <laughs> allow her to do the laundry? Because he was trying to allow her to feel empowered, Sinclair. This is a feminist movie. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. I yeah. just want to end this on a little quote from Lindsay. Okay. Because um, I, I feel like this captures the sort of excitement or whatever of of the, the low Hanassans. Right, yes. And really what's in that is the gratitude that's really clear from her that she feels for even having this part, for all Mm. of it, being welcomed in such a way. And she says, I think maybe because it's been so long that I've been on set, it was like a new excitement that I haven't felt in a long time. Mm. Everything was refreshing to me. It was a whole different way of starting, getting on set, making movies again that I really missed and that I didn't realize how much I had missed. Mm. And I believe that, every word of that. I'm so excited for her. Mm -hmm. Aw, that's nice. Guys, we didn't really fight. Oh my god, is this our uh, f- this is our sixth annual Christmas special we did not fight. We We've learned how to live together. Top Gun. We could start discussing Harry and Megan. We could oh start boy. discussing <laughs> the Harry and Megan talk. If you want to fight, I'll give you a fight. This has been a Christmas <laughs> yeah. special of Talk <laughs> Movies and yeah, this has been our sixth annual Christmas special. If you would like to get in touch with us, if you'd like to wish us happy holidays, send an email to talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet us at TMTM Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to give us a little Christmas present, go on over to patreon.com slash talkmovietome. <laughs> Become a monthly member. Even if it's just for one month, it's fine. Um, I'll take it. Happy holidays. I'm month, Helen. Take it. <laughs> just one month. <laughs> I'm Helen. I'm Let's hear those wallets jiggling, tickling, tickling too. <laughs> I'm Edison, thanks. That is one dirty soda, Santa. 
Oh, 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 oh. Ah, Hilk and Cookies.